I used to pull a reefer for an old boy out of Modoc, and they called him Big Daddy. Big Daddy was the finest man I ever worked for. He was like a father to me, even though he was just a few years older. But when you work for an old boy out of Modoc that grown men referred to as Big Daddy, you might just find yourself in the midst of a colorful cast of characters as your coworkers. One of these characters was a gentleman they called Santa Claus. That's Long Haul Paul with some of his wonderful balladeering work, which is part of his latest album, Legends of the Lost Highway. Hello again, everybody. I'm Greg Thompson, and welcome back to Liner Notes on Pod Wheels, powered by Radio Nemo. This episode of Liner Notes kicks off a special series featuring the music of Long Haul Paul, while also highlighting his new Legends of the Lost Highway album. As you'll hear in a moment, we met Long Haul Paul on the road, and for our conversation, we got to spend some time with him aboard his truck, which was the perfect setting for discussing his latest album. Now, during this special series, we'll take you inside just how veteran truck driver Paul Marhofer followed a passion for music and found the road to become Long Haul Paul, accomplished musician and recording artist. So with that as our backdrop, it's time to take you to the top of Monteagle Mountain in Tennessee for part one of our conversation with Long Haul Paul. First of all, welcome back to Pod Wheels Powered by Radio Nemo, and welcome to Liner Notes. It's great to have you here. Thanks, Greg. I always enjoy our conversations. We're talking about your new CD, Legends of the Lost Highway, and we're actually at a point in the Lost Highway here. We're on top of Mont Eagle, <laughs> a location that we do not want to give away because of premium truck parking that you found. I find that it's really appropriate that we're here talking about this new CD. Well, thank you for your discretion on that, Greg. We are in a dirt lot behind a restaurant on Monteagle, Tennessee. I admire you for your courage for coming back here to this parking lot and talking to me about this album. I don't know. Maybe this is the one. It's gotten us on the radio so far. We've gotten some airplay on Sirius XM. And I think this is how the good Lord works. The first time I learned that this was going to be played on the radio on Outlaw Country... My crown, my front truth fell out. But I think the 35-year-old Paul would have found a way to self-sabotage this. So the good Lord in his wisdom waited till I was in a, such a state of decrepitude that I couldn't blow it. So when Beans and Corn, when that first came up, when you first saw that come up on Sirius XM on Outlaw, what was that like for you? I really had a deep feeling of dread. I reached a point where I ain't pretty and I ain't young and I ain't skinny and now they're playing my song on the radio and like what if I'm gonna have to go like play at actual venues don't get me wrong I'm not saying truck shows aren't actual venues but I have the benefit of that certain fraternal you're among your own people what if I actually it was sort of like this overwhelming sense of dread like okay if this really does go somewhere and then I sent it to a gentleman by the name of Dave Wilkes I've worked with Dave and he was an A&R man. He's the first gentleman to offer Jim Croce a record deal. He managed Emmy Lou Harris. He managed Jerry Jeff Walker. This is the best thing you've ever done, Paul. This is your one shot. I don't know. We've signed with a wonderful promoter. 
the digital drop and the radio drop is June 1st. I'm really kind of excited about it because I think it's a pretty good album. We went back to the half in Muscle Shoals and half in Richmond, Indiana model. I'm proud of this album. I'm not going to just sit here and say, aw shucks, this little album. I'm darn proud of this album. I will say this. You absolutely should be proud of this album because it is true artistry. And I don't say that lightly. I've had an opportunity to be around a few musicians. My best friend in Minneapolis is a great songwriter and has written for Johnny Lang and played with a lot of folks. I can tell you objectively that I find this to be a very well-constructed record. It's truly an album, and you don't get that often these days in digital streaming and all that. So there's so many things that we want to do here, but let's focus on the moment and talk about the process for this album. You said you did the model of half in Indiana, half in Muscle Shoals. Tell us how this album came about. Well, Mary Gaucher has been a wonderful friend and mentor, and, and Mary, she's a Grammy-nominated singer-songwriter, and she came out with an album about three years ago called Rifles and Rosary Beads, which is a collaborative storytelling album in which she co-wrote songs with returning veterans, many of whom, most of whom, had PTSD. And I just thought it was unbelievably a gorgeous album. And she did this in conjunction with Darden Smith and Mary Judd's group, Songwriting with Soldiers. I thought it was a real act of patriotism, and it also brought people together from disparate points of view, politically and socioeconomically. And I just thought it was a transcendent work, and I was deeply moved by this album. And that was actually the first paid article I did for Overdrive magazine, because Marion, she sort of knew me as a fan and a friend, and I got her this interview with Overdrive magazine, but the writer who agreed to do the interview left the magazine for another publication. So I said to Todd Dills, you mind if I just do the piece? I was so enthused about this, and I did such a deep dive. I talked to Darden Smith, I talked to Mary Gaucher, I talked to Josh Gertz, the soldier she wrote Still on the Ride With. When I got it all done, I turned it into Todd Dills, my editor and mentor at Overdrive Magazine. He goes, Todd says, Paul, this is a trucking publication. Our sweet spot is 12 to 2,000 words. You've just handed me a 6,000-word opus. <laughs> and he parsed it down, but it made it into the print publication. Sirius XM Outlaw Country shared it. Somehow through that, I became friends with Mary Gaucher, and I was so deeply affected by what she was doing because she was taking non-traditional songwriters, and she was just honoring their stories. She said, my job as a songwriter is to honor their story and get out of the way. So that lane of collaborative storytelling is what drove this album. So song one is The Legend of Johnny Ray, and how that came about, there is a gentleman by the name of J.D. Haynes who got a hold of me, and wanted me to do an article because Johnny Ray had just passed away. And Johnny Ray was this proto-NASCAR figure who was a truck driver who raced the Winston Cup in the very early days of NASCAR when the sport was comprised of moonshiners and off-duty truck drivers. And he's credited with giving Dale Earnhardt a start. But after 9-11, he took this historic ride with the American flag and his tricked-out custom chrome Doubt 379. And J.D. Haynes was in the audience, was in the stands that day at Talladega. So we're talking October of 2001, right after the 9-11 attacks. And it changed this kid's life. He knows in that moment, I'm going to be a truck driver and I'm going to serve in the U.S. military. And his father had derided truck drivers. He said, 
His father had said, a truck driver is just a man who's too lazy to work and too afraid to steal. So becoming a truck driver was a forbidden thing to him, but he just idolized this Johnny Ray. When he told me this story, it reminded me a bit, at least in retrospect, it reminded me a bit of Casey Jones, the brave engineer. After Casey Jones died, who was a real person, who was a train engineer, there was a gentleman who worked in the train yard the term then was engine wife. He was a black man who just idolized Casey Jones and wanted him to be memorialized in a song. It just had such a pure ring of admiration for this man. So we co-wrote that song together and that was all based upon what I learned about Mary Gaucher's process, Darden Smith's process, about taking a non-traditional songwriter and honoring their story. Break it down. 
I guess I won't deny I hung my head and cried when I heard that Johnny died this year Once we stood as one united, a country undivided When Johnny Ray was grabbing them gears But I make the solemn vow to keep my hand upon the plow In the name of Tyler Diggs' favorite son Till I prove my own mettle, keep her smooth upon the pedal And they tell me that my race is run Johnny Ray, the first time I heard it, I said, man, that sounds like some Jerry Lee Lewis in there. And in fact, you do the little Roy Orbison touch of the cat cowl, and I think it might have been done to mimic going around the track, but it was still kind of that rockabilly feel. And then you oh, told yeah. me something very interesting about one of the players on there. So we got really fortunate. The producer of that song is a guy by the name of Donnie Gullett. And Donnie Gullett was a guy that would come to the Love's Truck Stop in Tuscumbia, Alabama, pick me up at my truck, take me to a studio so we could record. It was just amazing what these folks have done to try to help me. But J.M. Van Eaton, this legendary drummer from Sun Studios who had recorded most of Jerry Lee Lewis's stuff when he was with Sun, as well as Roy Orbison, as well as Johnny Cash, as well as Charlie Rich. Turns out, if you're a drummer, you're getting all this cardio. That's right. Look at Charlie Watts and yeah. Max Weinberg. and If you don't have the trappings of a touring musician, which J.M. Van Eaton hated to tour, <laughs> he made a statement publicly that touring with Jerry Lee Lewis was a life-threatening so he tells his story. I don't know if you've ever seen Tales from the Tour Bus by Mike Judge. There's this part where J.M. Van Eaton, it's really great. Jerry Lee Lewis was always two things going on. He loved rock and roll, but he always thought he was going to go to hell for doing it. He would come into their room at three in the morning, stand on the bed, tell them, you're all going to hell for this concert we did. J.M.'s like, I'm out. That's Long Haul Paul closing out part one of our series looking at the roads he's taken in both music and trucking while also highlighting his latest album, Legends of the Lost Highway. If you'd like to learn more about Long Haul Paul, including how you can order a copy of Legends of the Lost Highway, please visit longhaulpaulmusic.com. This website also has information on upcoming live performances and other features from Long Haul Paul. That web address is, again, longhaulpaulmusic.com. Now, folks, we'd like to invite you to check back with us right here for more episodes in this special liner notes series featuring Long Haul Paul. And finally, thanks again for spending part of your day with us here on Liner Notes, an original production from Podwheels, powered by Radio Nemo.